Okay, let's move on to the next one, the mission, the mission statement. The mission statement. That's the second handle. Now, a good mission statement answers three questions. Who are you trying to reach? Now, sometimes people say, well, we want to reach everybody. I would suggest to you that trying to reach everybody in general is a wonderful strategy to reach no one in particular. Anytime you open your mouth and use words, you are making decisions about who you're going to be reaching and who you're not going to be reaching. Anytime you choose a song or music to be sung, you are going to be attracting some and repelling others. And so it's important to know who is God really calling you to reach. Because who you're trying to reach determines the methods that you use. Now hear me well, I'm not talking about changing the message of the gospel. But I'm very much talking about changing your strategies. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul changed his methodology depending upon who he was trying to reach, didn't he? In some situations, he would eat eat pork if he was trying to reach Gentiles, but if he was going to reach Jews, he would have a kosher diet. So who you're trying to reach is very, very important. The second question a good mission statement answers is, what needs are you seeking to meet? Now, sometimes you say, well, wait a second, Bob, That's, that's easy. You know, we're offering salvation in Christ. Yes, that's true, ultimately, but that's often not the starting point. Very rarely do you just run across a person that asks you the question, what must I do to be saved? Now, now let, me, let me clarify here that if you have a situation like the Apostle Paul, and you're in jail somewhere, and there's this big earthquake, and you've got this guy kneeling in front of you saying, Sir, what must I do to be saved? That is generally a sign of readiness. Can't you see what Paul just did? Hey, Silas, do you got any copies of those uh, four spiritual laws or whatever? <laughs> that was readiness. Most of the time, though, people need to start somewhere else. They have some sort of a need or dissatisfaction in their life, and they begin to explore other options. Now, gospel means something, doesn't it? It means, it means good news. So, what is the good news? We have a training, intensive training time for uh, church planters. And we put them in a retreat setting for about four or five days and help them work through all the different components. One of the things we have them work on is their mission statement. And one of the things I, I, I like to do when I'm in those environments, I say, I'm a member of your ministry group you're trying to reach, and I'm not a Christian. I say, tell me, what's the good news? Why should I receive your Jesus? I just wait for their answer. And then warte ich auf die Antwort. If they don't get to something that's relevant in my life, in the first 20 to 30 seconds, I go, I'm out of here. You've not connected. You've confirmed that, that you have nothing for me. Jesus is not part of the answer for my life. Now, am I being too hard here? Maybe. But in reality, non-Christians don't give you that much time unless you can connect with them somehow that makes them want to continue to explore the dialogue. By the way, non-Christians in the Western world these days are not asking the question, is Christianity true? They're asking the question, does Christianity work? That's the question that's being asked. You could prove that Christianity is true, and a non-Christian would still look at you and say, so what? So it's true. What does that have to do with me? They're really asking the question more, does it work? And of course it works because it's true. I did this one time to a guy that was starting a church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, 
Perhaps it is easier to start churches in the United States than it is to start churches in Germany. But I would suggest to you that Salt Lake City is perhaps one of the more challenging places to start a church. And I looked this guy in the eye and I said, I'm a, I'm a, a non-Christian in, in your und ich schaute in your city. Why should I receive your Jesus? What's the good news? He looked me right back in the eye. He says, Bob, the good news is this. Through Jesus Christ, you can realize your full potential and you don't have to fit into anybody else's mold. And I had chills go up and down my spine. Because in Salt Lake City, Utah, that's just not good news, folks. That is great news. That's just... No wonder that this guy in a year and a half, 80% of which are new converts, and he did this while working full-time as a waiter in a restaurant, without a team initially. Because when you experience the freedom in Christ, and true forgiveness of sin, and the capacity to experience God, and to, to experience all that God wants to release through that person... That is news that you can't even keep to yourself. You tell your friends, you tell your family, you tell your relatives. And the church is growing. Do you see that, that the answer to the question, what's the good news, needs to be specific for each and every situation. And it needs to resonate with the core of the people you're trying to reach. Where the possibility of Christ ministering at some of the deepest needs that they have is profound. Because where the gospel is spreading powerfully, there is the conviction that God is going to show up and God is going to do his stuff in the hearts of people. And it's going to be communicated in a way that's appropriate to where they really are. And where they, the, so that's one of the questions. What needs are you seeking to meet? What's the good news? The third question of good mission statement answers is how will you accomplish your mission? What are the three to five key things that you're going to use that's going to move you toward your vision? In other words, we might do it through multiplying cell groups, through celebrative work. Three musts of a good mission statement. Number one, look at your strengths and your performance. In other words, do better what you do well if it's the right thing to do. Secondly, look at the opportunities or the needs. Where can you, with limited resources, really make a difference? Number three, look at what you really believe in. He said, I've never seen anything being done well unless people are really committed. The pivot point, the picture of the future, it is the pivot, the hinge. You'll notice that these scissors are constructed in such a way that if any one of these points is missing, the scissors will not function. The picture of the future is saying, where does God want you to go? Let me just give you um, uh, three questions to ask, ask. In the next five to ten years, if God really had his way in your life and in your church, number one, what would look different? Number two, what would feel different? Number three, what would in fact be different? Have you ever taken the time to really pray and say, Lord Jesus, you said you'd build your church. Please show me what your intentions are. What would you want to do here if you had your complete freedom? What would be different? What kinds of people would we be reaching? What needs would we be meeting? How many daughter churches would we have? Have you taken time for listening prayer? See, if Jesus is the builder of the church, then we've got to get our vision from him. 
I don't know if it's happening here in Germany, but there seems to be this obsession. It's found in the United States and other places. This obsession with the year 2000. There are so many goals connected to, to the year 2000. And it seems like many of these goals that are set are just numbers that are being pulled out of the air because they make a nice banner you can put across your meetings that you have. You're like, 1,000 by 2,000. You understand what I'm talking about here. Most of those goals, I would submit to you, are just pulled out of human imagination rather than a divine conviction that, in fact, this is what God is calling them. Now, I'm, no, I'm in no way opposed to goal setting. I know that doesn't come as news to you. But I do believe that when you set a goal, it needs to be because God... Aber ich weiß auch, the one that's directing you to set that particular goal. One of the tasks of leadership is to paint a clear picture of the future. Now, we're going to uh, elaborate this in the next lecture on how to cultivate a shared vision.